0: So our reading this morning is from Matthew chapter five, and we are looking at verses 13 through to 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled by men you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven."
1: Good morning, everyone. It's very nice to see you. Shall we pray as we look at these verses? Again, Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. And we pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in our hearts now. Please remind us of our poverty of spirit. Convict us. Where we need to be convicted of sin comfort us change us so that we would give of ourselves rather than grab for ourselves cause us to hunger and thirst for your ways make us to be your people who rejoice in being pronounced as blessed by you we thank you Lord Jesus that you do this work in us And we thank you for the work that you have done for us so that it's all possible. So may the words of my lips and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world, says Jesus to his followers, to us. That is both mightily challenging and hugely inspiring. It's challenging because, for one thing, it firmly squashes any notion that we might have that Christianity can just be a private matter. We can just have a low profile and keep our heads down as followers of Jesus, which you might have settled into thinking, someone might settle into thinking that as they read through verses 1 to 12. would be a total misunderstanding, of course, because those who are merciful and are peacemakers, and indeed those who are persecuted, are obviously engaged in the world. But you might have attempted to read it in that way all the same, a private sort of spirituality, can still be quite intense but private, that you just kind of pursue in the corner on your own. No, says Jesus, you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. You people who are poor in spirit, who mourn your sin, who are meek, who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and so on, you are to be distinct. You are to be visible and you are to have an effect. You are not the salt of the salt cellar sitting on the shelf. You're the salt of the earth. You're to be rubbed in, as it were. And you are light. You're to shine in the world. You're not to be hidden away. Christians are to be for the good of the world, just as their saviour is. So that will challenge us. But I hope also it will inspire us as we go away today and remind ourselves of the calling that we have and how exciting it is. Because if I were to ask you this morning, if I asked over breakfast, who are the people who can really stop the world from going bad? Who are the people who can bring out what's good in the world? Who are the people who can bring light into the darkness of the world? We'd all have been too modest to say us. Jesus says, yes, it is you. (laughs) Actually, it's only you. You are the ones who can really do this. You are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. Not any other group of people, you. It is extraordinary, isn't it? All of us, all of us as followers of Jesus have the most extraordinary calling to live out. So we'll be challenged this morning, but I hope we'll be inspired as well and think, this is exciting. I have this calling to live out as we go back into our normal day-to-day lives later on today. So, the main point. Christians are to be for the good of the world. Christians are to be for the good of the world. And we're to be good for the world like salt. And we're to be good for the world like light. We're just going to Think through that. Firstly then, salt. When I looked at this passage to preach it last year, I had a lovely time reading about salt. And all the things, all the various possibilities people suggested for how it could be used in the ancient world, and I did a fair amount of reading on it, by the, the end of which, I really got back to where I started. Right? It would have been used as a preservative and to enhance flavor. That's basically it. Those, I think, are the basic uses that would have come to people's minds, this crowd, as they were listening to Jesus. And the most important of those, um, though we will think of the other one, the most important is being used as a preservative. Salt stopped things from going bad. You rub salt into meat, and the way I understand it is it, it draws up and absorbs the water, which stops the bacteria from being able to do their thing, and therefore it preserves The meat, it stops it from going bad. So it had an incredibly important function in the ancient world and still does in many parts of the world. It stops food from going bad. You, says Jesus, are the salt of the earth. You stop it from going bad. You're agents of common grace. The world will always have the tendency to go bad, right? But you followers of mine, says Jesus, you have a hindering effect. You stop it from going bad as it might do. This is not very complimentary to the world, is it? Implies it just has a constant tendency to go bad. Think of a packet of chicken breasts that have gone past their sell by date. This is a smell more associated with my bachelor years. It (laughs) really smells, doesn't it? That's a really bad one when that goes bad. It's horrible. The world is like that, says Jesus. It just goes off. And even as things get better in some areas, in other places you'll you'll see it going awry. So even if, it seems to me, we are much better in our society these days at talking about issues of mental health. It may be too good, but we're much better at it than we used to be. But at the same time, we are adding to the issues of mental health in all sorts of ways with all the confusion around identity and the concept of the family not being valued so much as it used to be, and the overemphasis on work, and so on. It's all adding to the problems, which we're much better at talking about, but we're adding to them at the same time. The world just goes bad. One conflict is solved, and another one comes along. People in need are helped. And other people need helping. Some trees are planted over here, and a load of trees get chopped down over there. The world just has a constant tendency to go off, and immorality abounds and seems to constantly reinvent itself. So the world needs salt. And you are the salt of the earth, says Jesus. Which doesn't mean that you stand on the sidelines. Loudly condemning what's wrong with the world. Very easy to do that, isn't it? You sit there and you look on and go, "Tut, look at that. That is dreadful. As you read your book, which which, which helpfully analyzes just how bad the world has gone and why. That's not being the salt of the earth. We've got to be rubbed in. We've got to be in the world. Not of it, but in it if we're going to be the salt of the earth, which at a very simple level means you've got to get out there and you've got to meet people. And actually, when you think about it, when you put people who are growing in the qualities of poverty of spirit and meekness and mercy and all of those, you put those sorts of people in the world, that will have an effect, won't it? You think how a Christian... Being a Christian can just stop a conversation from going bad. It can stop it from becoming crude or malicious or gossipy. You think what it does to a workplace when you have just a few people in it who are peacemakers, or even just one, or even a family feud, when you have someone who is a peacemaker who acknowledges their sin and mourns over it. Think what it's like when there's someone in the neighborhood, and all the other neighbors, for whatever reason, just kind of wish that particular neighbor wasn't there. But there's a Christian who is inclined to be merciful and have compassion. You think what effect that has. In our everyday lives, you just have to think through your everyday life. We have such opportunity to stop things going bad, You just reflect on that in your own life. And it's rather exciting as you then think that through. That is your calling. You are the salt of the earth. And you scale that up as Christians work together, maybe running and funding things like SSYI, helping out in their communities, doing those BSOM projects. And then as we scale it up even more and we start speaking out for those who are vulnerable, in our society. For those who have no voice, you think what Wilberforce did for the slaves. seems to me that those who are most vulnerable and have no voice are the unborn in our society. So that's salt stopping things from going bad. And there's loads more we could say about that. But I also want to have a word about how salt enhances flavor, how it brings out what's good. Now, this overlaps with the image of light, I think, but I, I do like it, this idea with the salt, bringing out what's good, that Christians, through their distinctiveness, help to bring out what's good in the world because there is good. Okay, It is a fallen world. It is all tainted by sin, but it's not hell. right? There is some good, and Christians, like no others, help to bring it out. It is good to spend time with Christians, or it should be. It should be the best kind of workers, the best kind of friends, the best kind of family members. They bring out what's good. Life should just taste better for having Christians around. It is not what people would immediately think, is it? I think it's true. Do you remember those crisps that you used to be able to get? I don't think you can get them anymore, where the salt came in a little packet. For some reason, I used to think this was a real treat, that you got the salt in a packet and you had to put it in the crisps and shake them up to add the flavor. You ask most people, and they would probably say that the Christians are the crisps before you add the salt. A bit bland, um, boring, maybe even stale. But that's not it at all. That's not right. Christians are the salt. They add the flavour. They're what they're the people who make life taste better. They're the friend who you would phone when things are really tough. They're the ones who will listen and give you time and give you good loving advice. They're the ones from whom you just experience a different quality of kindness and hospitality. They're the ones who, when you've spent time with, you have to admit, you feel most refreshed. That's how it should be, shouldn't it? If we're growing in these qualities at the start of this chapter, if we're becoming more like our saviour, that's, that's how it should be. It is an amazing calling, isn't it? Being salt of the earth, you help, you, you stop it from going bad and you help to bring out what's good, adding flavour. And who is it who's going to do these things? We'd have been too modest to say it's us. Jesus says it is you. My followers, they're repentant. Just as he chale- um, inspires us, so he's also not shy to challenge us. You've got to remain as salt, says Jesus. Being indistinct is not an option. Being just like the world is not an option. If the salt is loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? Now, someone might be thinking, well, no, you're from Cambridge, you're all thinking, um, salt can't lose its saltiness. That's not right, that doesn't happen. Well, the way I understand it, um, and of course, pure salt can't. Okay, we concede that point. But the way I understand it is that as as salt was dug up um, around the sea and the riverbanks in Jesus's days, It wasn't pure anyway. It had other minerals in it. And as that came into contact with water, that absorbed the salt. What was the, the true salt, what was left still looked like salt, but it wasn't. It had lost its saltiness. It would have been good for nothing. However it works, though, Jesus is simply saying that being indistinct is not an option. To be my follower is to be salt, Anything else is useless. Anything else is not actually being my follower at all. And it's so important to remember this every time we think we have to be exactly like the world in order to win the world. I mean, you're sort of balancing this up in your your mind with what Paul was saying, becoming like a Jew and a Gentile and so on to to win those for Christ, but not to be exactly like the world. You've got to be in the world, but not of the world. To be my follower, says Jesus, is to be salt. Anything else is useless. A Christian who is just like the world is a useless Christian. He's probably not a Christian. And will be judged for what they are. So we're salt. We stop what's bad. We bring out what's good. We're to be for the good of the world. That is an exciting thing calling, isn't it? I think it's time we dress this salad. (laughs) This is by way of putting a mitre on the bishop. (laughs) Turn to the person next to you and discuss with them what an exciting calling this is and what it might look like in your life in the coming week we're coming on to the image of light but just salt for now stopping things from going bad bringing out what's good Okay, let's come back together. Just been handed this book, which was on the bookshelf, called Out of the Salt Shaker, and Into the World. So there you go. What tunes you could sing with that. We're to be good for the world like salt, and we're to be good for the world like light. You are the light of the world, says Jesus. Which again is it's probably counter what the world would say, isn't it? The world would not see Christianity as the means of enlightenment. Indeed, in the world's terminology, perhaps the enlightenment might have been seen as a period where everyone sensibly moved away from Christianity, and reason was divorced from faith, and then chased it away. And indeed, if faith is good for anything, it's for those questions where we are otherwise still in the dark. But no, says Jesus to his followers, you are the light of the world. This bunch of ordinary people standing on a hillside, you're the light. Not the other big names that people might have talked about, not Plato, not Aristotle, not the Alexandrian school, not the great Roman statesman of the day. You. That's amazing, isn't it? And it's true, isn't it? Because the light that shines through Christians makes all the difference. The light that we can bring can save people for eternity. We have the light which shows the world what its deepest, most fundamental problem is. And we can show people the Savior. We can show people the Savior they need so desperately. The one who is the light of the world in sort of capital letters. You might be a bit confused how all of that joins up. Jesus is the the light, I thought. Now he's saying we are the light. This is just a consequence of us being united with Christ, of having his Holy Spirit. He is the light of the world, the one who shines in and of himself. He is the one who brings truth and life, and he is in us through his Spirit if we're Christians, so we cannot but do anything other than shine. We shine as we proclaim the name of Jesus, as we tell other people, and point them to the savior that they need, and say, do you know what Jesus has done for you? Let me tell you about it. We shine as we do good, and our good deeds give credibility to the news that we share, and indeed beautify it. And we cannot do otherwise. Jesus says a city set on a hill cannot be hidden. That's true, isn't it? You put a city on a hill and tell it to try and not be noticed. It's unmissable. Can't do anything other than be seen. It's a city on a hill. That's what you're like, says Jesus. Light cannot do anything other than shine. You imagine there was someone clever in the crowd who was thinking, ah, but what if you cover the light? Then it's not seen. Well, who does that? Nobody lights a lamp and puts it under a bowl, says Jesus. That's silly. (laughs) You light a lamp so that you can have light. And besides, in Jesus' day, all the light was from fire anyway. You put it under a bowl, it goes out. Being invisible is not an option. And who is the one who lights this light within us anyway? It's Jesus, the light of the world. And he does not come to us by his spirit only for us to be a big bowl over his light. He comes to us so that we might shine, or he does not come at all. Being invisible is not an option. So, verse 16 let your light shine. Hear that challenge and rise to your call. Let your light shine. Thinking of the tune I'm thinking of. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. In my head, Steve Pearce and Tim Dean and Nick Romans are right up here and we're doing full barbershop. <laughs> In your
0: head. In my head.
1: It's, it's not gonna happen. Um, I mean, maybe you failed the audition last night. I don't know. (laughs) Let your light shine. Let your light shine as you speak of Jesus. Let it shine as you bring God's truth to bear in the world. Let it shine as you live like Jesus, as you live out these wonderful verses at the start of the chapter. Let it shine so that people, as Jesus says, may see your good deeds And see that they are quite unlike anything that they see otherwise in the world. And so come to give glory to your Father in heaven. Presumably, as they themselves also come to believe. As your light shines individually and as a church, as All Saints Little Shelford. Now some people will persecute you. Yes, we saw that yesterday. Some will insult you. Some will not like you being distinctive. They will not want your light to shine. They will not want to hear it. Fine. That just shows you are not of the world. That you have been called to follow Jesus. How wonderful then, if through the light that He shines through you as an individual, as a church, that others come to hear the call. How wonderful. Be amazing, wouldn't it? It is an amazing calling that each and every one of us has, children included. You are to be for the good of the world, like salt. Stop it from going bad. To bring out what's good, you're to be good for the world, like light. To show it the truth. To show the world the saviour. And these things are not optional, says Jesus. This is what you are if you are God's blessed, repentant people. This is an amazing calling, isn't it? What the world needs is Christians. And here we are. What our towns and our neighborhoods and our workplaces and our schools need is Christians. And here we are. You and your brothers and sisters are the salt and the light of Little Shelford and Great Shelford and Stapleford and Sawston, wherever you live, of Church Street, of Whittlesford Road, of Beach Close and so on, of Adam Brooks Hospital, of Shelford School, of the University, wherever your day takes you. You are the salt, you are the light. Be challenged. You have got to be distinct. You have got to be visible. It's not an option not to be. But be inspired. You have the most remarkable calling. If you're still worried about how you're going to make an impact in the world, you're thinking, oh, what does God want me to do with my life now? Start with this. (laughs) And and really it is this. (laughs) Be salt. Be light. Where you are. It is the most remarkable calling to live out. If you're one of his repentant people, as we've seen, you are so blessed. So, so blessed. And he intends to use you to so bless others. Shall we pray about that now? Lord Jesus, we thank you for this calling you place on our lives as your followers. It's more than we imagine we would be able to do if it had just been down to us. We thank you that this is what you do through us as we live as your people. Keep us coming back to basics remembering our poverty of spirit, mourning our sin, seeking to give of ourselves as you gave yourself, hungering and thirsting for righteousness, having that attitude of the heart of being merciful, having compassion on others and acting for their good, having our hearts purified as we love you and seek to and long to love you more as we seek to make peace where there is no peace and even though others insult us and malign us or maybe even do worse help us to remember our reward is great in heaven We have such blessing now. We are so looking forward to the blessing to come. And Lord, help us not to be idle, because it's not an option to be (laughs) idle. Help us to live out this calling you've given to us in this world, wherever we are each day, to be salt, to stop things from going bad, to bring out what's good, and to be light, to show people our saviour, Oh, well, this is what we want our lives to be for. So please work through us, we pray. Amen. We are going to sing. We're going to sing that we would respond to that call.